Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode from PS Jimmy and Friends. Hey, I want to take a moment and let you know about our crowd-funded non-profit Collective Church, Inc. We are not your typical church. We have a bunch of cafes and we exist to reach people that may not be ready for the mainstream church, but are on that journey to find Jesus. And I want to take a moment and ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us financially and contributing maybe weekly, fortnightly or monthly to help us keep reaching people. We eventually want to be self-sustainable, but we understand not everyone goes to a church cafe for their everyday coffee and food. So if you could partner with us financially, head over to our website, collectivechurch.com.au to get all the details and I want to thank you in advance for funding us and helping us to keep going. Lots of love. But for now, let's get into the next episode of PS Jimmy and Friends. Yo, what's up? Thank you for listening. Um, This is PS Jimmy. Once again, just me. Promise I do have friends. But um, today we're talking about the practice of new thinking the practice of new thinking have you heard of neuroplasticity if you haven't you must have been in a hole neuroplasticity also known as neural plasticity or brain plasticity is the ability of neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization is when the brain is rewired to function in some new way that differs from how it previously functioned. Example, when you want to start working out, you've never done it before, your brain uh, correlates that pain with a bad experience and so you don't want to do it. Neuroplasticity is the idea and the proven idea that we, we, we know this in science that when you do something and it has a good outcome or a bad outcome, your brain starts to create a pattern where it desires to want more of that. It's neuroplasticity. You can actually change what you want. You can change your desi- desires just by doing something and your brain links these two ideas so it links the pain of working out with looking in the mirror and feeling amazing and so it makes you want to work out neuroplasticity now jesus doesn't talk about neuroplasticity but the scripture talks about the practice of new thinking new thinking it's all the way through scripture but in the sermon on the mount Jesus is revolutionary with this idea of new thinking. And he starts, this, this, the, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, go read it for yourself. It's the most profound words ever. If you haven't listened to our other Practicing the Way um, podcast, please go back, start from the start, just so you get the foundations for everything. Really enjoyed Practicing the Way of Prayer last week. But the practice of new thinking, Jesus launches his ministry with this big idea and it changes essentially the way you think about how to be a human. It changes 
from what we think a successful human is, and Jesus just throws the whole thing on its head, upside down, completely changes everything. So let's just dive straight into it, and um, I know that you're going to be blessed, and I just want you to open your heart before we start getting into this. Um, This is one of the ways of new thinking, and just say, Jesus, I humbly want to listen to what it is the Spirit wants to tell me. Now, look, I'm I'm not the Spirit. I'm, I'm just James. I'm going to say some things, but I'm going to read from Scripture, and then we're going to explain Scripture. And every time you read from Scripture, the Holy Spirit can use that to change your life. So Matthew chapter 5, reading from verse 3. Let's get into it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now this is just goes against all the norms of the world. This goes against everything that society will tell us. Now, The big thought that I want you to walk away with today, I'm just going to give it to you up front before we start to dissect what this even means. (laughs) Like, sounds lovely, something you just read past and keep going, but what does this actually mean? But, but, But the big thought I want to leave you with is this, is that if I do this, God will bless me. If I do this, God will bless me. Now, in my church context, I've grown up almost with this opposite idea that there's nothing I can do to get God's blessing. It's all just grace and favor. Now, now that's true of my salvation. I cannot save myself. I cannot rescue myself from um, hell, whatever hell is. Um, and I cannot get myself into heaven, whatever heaven is. Um, that is true. That it only comes by grace, only from God and putting my belief in Jesus Christ. I cannot earn that. Um, I cannot short-circuit that. It's only by believing in Jesus that I can receive the blessing of eternal life with Jesus Christ. Um, that's true. But just because I believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean I'm going to be blessed here in this life. I don't know about you, but... I've been a Christian for a long time, and I can tell you right now, I haven't always been blessed. Sometimes my life sucks. Sometimes I just do things, and it makes my life rubbish. And maybe you, maybe that's not you. Hey, maybe it's a friend that you know that calls themselves a Christian, but you would not like their life because their life sucks. It's not blessed. And the big idea here is that if you do this, God will bless you. 
This is the thing. Blessing is attached to what you do. And I mean supernatural blessing. I mean God supernaturally blessing you, giving you things that you need is attached to what you do. That is what Jesus says. That is what Jesus says. What you do matters. Now, let's get straight into it because we've got to break this down. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are the poor in spirit. So this means, what's the meaning? Now I'm going to save you. I've done all the Greek and then the Greek rooted in the Hebrew. I've done all this study for you. I'm going to save you the all the Greek. You don't need to know the Greek and Hebrew to understand the revelation. So here it is, the meaning of blessed are the poor in spirit. This phrase speaks of spiritual uh, humility and a recognition of one's dependence on God. It conveys the idea of those who acknowledge their spiritual poverty and insufficiency apart from God. This is a God, I got nothing without you. Um, I remember when I was a hairdresser, I used to always talk about God in the salon and my boss said to me once, because I was saying, you know, um, you know, I, I love God, I'm a Christian. And my boss like was trying to sort of um, play it down or like, yeah, that's, that's, that's lovely. And he said something, he goes, yeah, you know, being a Christian, you know, that's great. Like, because some people need God. You know, they, they need God like a crutch. And then me in all of my life, I was like, I was like so annoyed that he was trying to like sh- shut me down. I'm like, no, no, I'm not a Christian because I need God. It's because it's I want God. And then it just didn't sit right. And I was thinking about it that night and I was like, no, no, that, that's wrong. I do need God. I do need God. And that's what this is saying. It's it's sitting there by yourself and going, wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. I need God. I am poor in spirit. I've got, I cannot do, I do not have the spirit to live this life without God. I am insufficient apart from God. I have nothing apart from God. I cannot add value to this world apart from God. That is when you are blessed. Now, this word blessing, that is God giving you blessing. It is God making you happy. It is God sustaining you with everything that you need. That is the word blessed. So blessed are the poor in spirit. This is I need God. Now, the world, (laughs) the world would say seek self-sufficiency. Seek personal success. Be confident in who you are. Believe in yourself. Now, at a surface level, these sound like good, right? Believe in yourself and be self-sufficient, personal personally successful, but the problem is, is they're birthed in a 
desire to do it on your own. But with Jesus practicing the way of new thinking, we find richness in acknowledging our spiritual need and depending on God. So take home next time. You feel that urge to be self-sufficient. You feel that urge to be personally successful, to find your fulfillment, to, to achieve things on your own. Catch yourself in the act and just say, God, I need you. I'm nothing without you. I need you in my life. And breathe out. Breathe out all that self-sufficiency and personal success because blessed are the poor in spirit. Then he goes on. Blessed are those who mourn. This is so not (laughs) what we get from the world, right? This is a new way of thinking. We try and avoid pain. We try and avoid mourning. Um, That, it's like mourning... It's, sometimes even if you're a Christian, you can think if you're upset or sad that that's like um, you, you're failing in your faith. You should always be happy and up. No, 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 that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. So what does this mean? This refers to those who mourn or grieve often over sin or the brokenness of the world. It speaks to a deep sense of empathy and sorrow for the pain and suffering in them and around them. So, the world would say avoid pain and suffering at all costs if you want to be happy. If you want to be happy, pain cannot coexist there. But Jesus says quite the opposite. He says those that actually know how to um, be aware of their pain, they're the ones that are going to be blessed. Those that can lean into that and mourn with it, not only their own pain, but the pain of others, those are the ones that will be blessed. Jesus would say, mourn over injustice and suffering and find comfort in the pursuit of righteousness. You see, blessed are those who mourn. So next time you feel pain, Internally or externally, allow yourself to feel it. Don't try and bury it. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of guy that tries to bury my pain. I think I'm naturally optimistic, um, which is just as weak as being pessimistic. You know, optimists, we bury pain and it's all good. Pessimists, we kind of dig up pain and, you know, it's all bad. But that's, Jesus is just saying, mourn over injustice and suffering. Mourn, it, take a moment. Now, if you don't feel pain, I get that. I've totally been there myself. I was so used to burying things, you know, bad things happened to me in my past. And I learned to deal with pain in an unhealthy way just by burying it and ignoring it and not facing it. Now, if you don't feel pain, um, chances are you probably don't feel joy either. 
uh, I, I want to encourage you to open up to God about that as well. It, it's just purposefully mourn over the fact you don't know how to mourn. <laughs> like, because that's an internal pain. If you don't know how to feel pain or feel joy, that's an internal pain. So take a moment even today and be like, God, I don't feel anything. I don't feel happy or sad. I feel nothing. And take a moment to mourn. And if you do feel pain, allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to go through it. Because blessed are those who mourn. That means God sees. God can see the pain and he will bless you. You don't need to run from it, hide from it. You're not a bad Christian because you're experiencing it. In fact, that's how God will bless you blesses those who mourn the next one is blessed are the meek the meek now meekness is not a word we use much but meekness here implies gentleness humility and a willingness to submit to god's will without any agenda without any selfish ambition meekness is not weakness but it's strength under control. Because when I know I want something, so uh, with my kids, I want my kids to go to bed. So dominance is like yelling at my kids, go to bed now. (laughs) Uh, When I yell, it's much more aggressive than that. I'm very sorry. Um, But meekness is knowing that I want my kids to go to bed and then humbly working with them. Hey, Jags, can I help you get your pajamas on? That's meekness. Meekness is not being domineering. Um, The world would say assert dominance to succeed and climb the social ladder, right? Be the biggest dog in the room. Be better than other people that's how you get ahead but that is not who jesus blesses jesus doesn't bless the self-sufficient all-knowing best dog in the room no he blesses those who embrace meekness displaying strength under control he blesses those that value humility in their relationships not trying to dominate relationships but humbly serving in relationships now nothing better than um someone with great authority and leadership serving you it makes you feel like the absolute top of the world and if you've got some sort of leadership position maybe you run a business or maybe you're the pastor of a church just flip that power on its head and serve people you know i remember this guy and i'm just going to toot my own horn here for a sec (laughs) um this couple joined our church once and i was fascinated with why would anyone come to our church or you know you could go to so many great churches and ours was like this little unassuming wasn't wasn't great very simple church and i was like bro why did you join this church he said something, and it just illustrates my point. He goes, you know, the first time I walked in here, James, um, I saw you pick up a mop, 
and start to mop up someone's coffee. This was before the service start started. And um, he goes, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And that's, that's what meekness is. Meekness is not lauding your power, but actually humbling yourself. And that's who God blesses. Awesome, guys. We're going to finish it up here because this is quite a long teaching. So I split it into two. Um, the next part will be next week um, of practicing the way of new thinking. Um, we're going to dive straight into it next week. So I hope you enjoy and just want to encourage you, go read Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. Because blessed are those who do what Jesus says. Don't just read it and then try and start putting those things into practice. You could even get ahead of the game of this podcast series. Anyway, love you. Have the absolute best week. And uh, let me pray for you just before we go. Lord, help every single one of us to not just hear what you say, but to do it. Thank you that you love us, you care about us, even if we don't do it. Even if we fully get it wrong, you forgive us and you love us. But God, we don't want to just live forgiven. We want to live free. We want to live, we want to live blessed. We love you and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, have the most blessed week. Peace and love from Jimmy.